I'm Jeannie Holzbacher, and on behalf of myself and my fabulous co-host, Jill Wright, we want to welcome you to Executive Shine, Conversations That Count. We search the planet to bring you some of the most dynamic leaders in various industries who often only have one thing in common, uncommonly outrageous positive impact on people and businesses. They are leaving this world a much better place. So kick back and join us. Grab a few insights you can immediately apply to leverage your leadership and foster greater connection in a world that's become increasingly disconnected. They so desperately need you to shine your light bright. Cheers. Yay! I am so excited about our show tonight. And Jeannie is not able to be with us. So let's everybody send her so much love. And I am ready to get started with some of my favorite new friends. Mandy and Shauna, they have a amazing podcast of their own, My Sense of Soul. So we will check them out. But I wanted to talk tonight too about how magical the world is and how things happen, how how God works in your life and and how it just puts people in your path that you connect with and then build like lifelong relationships. And I was just having lunch, minding my own business with one of my friends from the Colorado Women's Hall of Fame, one of the greatest people in the world, Martha Urisote. And we were talking and Shauna just, you know, I mean, Mandy just peeks in like, huh. What are they talking about? Soul to soul. So she's like, what are you guys talking about over there? So we just, you know, it's so magical how, how life works and connects you with people that you are meant to, to connect with. So we, we got to know each other and I said, oh my God, I, I have a podcast. I'd love you to be on our show. And she's like, we have a podcast. We would love you to be on our show. So it's just amazing how life works. And so, well, welcome to the show, both of you. And I'm just so excited to kind of hear your story. Uh, well, Thanks. thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. So fun. You, Jill, you want to know what's funny about what you just said? You were like, oh, I was just over here minding my business. And I wasn't. I didn't mind my business at all. I was like eavesdropping on your conversation. I was looking at the books you had on your table. <laughs> Thank God you were. Because that's I was, we connected. Yeah. It was magic. It was magic. It was one of those days that I walked out of my job with so much gratitude for just simply meeting you and your beautiful friend. It was amazing. How did you guys, so Shauna, how did you guys get started doing what you're doing? Oh gosh, it goes back to, to when we were teenagers Mandy and I, we were oh, on a mission to bust our boyfriends. We were so good at it. You know, we were in the bushes and we had skills like, you know, detectives. 
And throughout our life, we, we just always would laugh. Like if anybody wanted to find anything, we could find it. We were always seekers and we didn't even realize, and we didn't know what we were seeking. Actually, everything we were seeking was of the material world. And that truly did not bring us happiness. In fact, you know, both of us have gone through hard times and my journey started, um, really just discovering that I was an empath and Mandy's journey got her to that state through her near-death experience. And then we just had each other. And so we were so thankful. We were going through the same stuff. We had these crazy symptoms. We thought we were losing our minds. And then all of a sudden we began to awaken and we had each other. So in the end, we're like, we need to share this with people. Because there's got to be other people out there that are experiencing this and don't have anybody. Absolutely. So that's what we did. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I do want you to share, Mandy, your story about the, the way, I think it's really fascinating in life how how we go through things and then the things that, I mean, in your case, actually killed I mean you actually died not once but twice how how that really worked a, a miracle in your life and how so many things like I listened to one of your podcasts recently where you just had um Chad Foster on and blind ambition and he was so motivating and he said if he hadn't have gone blind he doesn't know how he would have been able to connect with his life purpose and change and impact the lives of so many people. So when you go through these things, it, it, it seems like a terrible thing, but it ends up connecting you with what your real, what your soul, what your soul's purpose is. And absolutely. so tell a little bit about that. Cause that, is just mind blowing. Well, I think what's interesting about what Shanna just said is that our purpose was already there. And that was to use the skills that her and I were given, but we were using them from a place of ego and not from a place of soul. So we, you know, we were so blessed to have the same therapist. And she said to us both, you know, use those good skills, but in a positive way. So now we take our detective skills and we research our guests. We stalk our guests. We uh, read the guest books. We um, use research to find out about history and our ancestry and about empaths. So we've taken something that we've had all along. And instead of using it from a place of ego, now we use it from a place of soul to better the world. And, and that's what I love about Shannon and I's purpose. Um, and, and, and then the piece that you're talking about, Jill, turning pain to purpose. Shannon and I both have had pain. We've all had pain. Um, and when you're in the midst of that storm and that tornado is going around you, it's really hard to see the blessing in the lessons. And my first near-death experience I didn't really know what the lessons in it were at the time. I was young. I was 18. I had an asthma attack that landed me in the hospital. Um, it, I had a near-death experience. I went without oxygen. It took over 10 minutes for the fire department to get to my parents' home. Um, it was very traumatic. I will say that 
the fire station that came to my home was station six and the engineer of the fire truck who actually intubated me and gave me the um, EpiPen was, his name was John Woodruff Sr. And I say that name because it's, it's going to all make sense soon at the end of my story. But um, after I got out of the hospital, I went back to thank them for saving my life. And I brought them a big old box of some steaks and some, and some meat from the local butcher because I knew firemen like to cook. And I got to meet all of them. And they, you know, were shocked that I was standing there because they said I was so far gone when they got to my parents' home. And then they asked me and my parents to attend a ceremony a few months later where they presented an award to me and my family um, for and to the dispatcher for us all um, saving my life, for them all saving my life together. It was a beautiful ceremony and I um, have the picture with Station 6 on stage. And then I moved many different states, uh, like six or seven different states. And, and that's an important little detail because 18 years later, it happened again. And it was at four o'clock in the morning and station 13 showed up to my home and saved my life. And again, I went to the station 13 to thank them with a big box of steaks and some local sausages <laughs> And if I could describe this moment, it was the biggest aha moment of my entire life where I was just like, whoa, like God is so present right now in, in this. And that was when I looked at the fireman and we made eye contact and I thanked him and he said, has this happened to you before? And I said, yes, in 1994. And he goes, my name is John Woodruff Jr. I saved you this time. My father saved you the first time. Well, his father and I had become friends and I, and his father had passed away a couple of years after he'd saved me, but I had never met John Woodruff Jr. So John Woodruff Sr. Station six saved me the first time. John Woodruff Jr. 18 years later, Station 13 saved me the second time. And I, the reason I mentioned those numbers was because I woke up out of my coma on 6-13-13. And so I really love numerology. Those numbers come up for me all the time. And now me and John Woodruff Jr. are very close. He's he's soul family. Um, we're like brother and sister. And to put even more of a twist on it, about six months after I recovered, his father started coming to me in the middle of the night with messages for John, his son. And I was blessed enough to be able to relay those messages to him. And that's where a little bit of my mediumship started. So just a beautiful story. It is an incredible goosebumps all over my body. And I heard yeah. that story before. And yeah. it's so powerful. And just like you said, God is present. I mean, there's just no, no question. I mean, there, there, there's just no way that could happen. And, and it's so miraculous and just, there's no other way to explain it is that that's a miracle, the way that that happened. And, mm -hmm. and then talk about then how that really shifted your life. And then, and then how you and Shauna brought that together in your work now? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, it, it 
catapulted me into um, an awakening because I did, you know, the first time I have an outer body experience. And the second time I had um, a moment where I know I had crossed over and I got to see my brother and this other dimension and he passed away in 2007. And so I knew when I came back, I was different. I didn't want to understand it at first, but I felt it in every ounce of my body. I, it was like this vibration was running through me that I couldn't explain to others. And now I know what it was. It was that I touched, I touched the, the divine. I touched the vibration of pure, absolute love. And it was hard at first, but like Shanna said, she was going through it at the same time. And we were so lucky to be able to bounce off of each other, what was happening to us emotionally and physically and all these layers we were, you know, pulling off. And, and that's again, like she said, why we started sense of soul, because we don't want other people to feel alone in their, in their journeys. Absolutely. I, th- I think that's true. And I mean, thank God you had each other and I didn't have, have that experience. And so for me, I I've had to go through this alone and, and figure this out and, and, you know, question, you know, what's, why am I feeling this way? You know, what are these, why are these senses? Why am I feeling these things? And, and so that's a gift that, that you're really giving people. And I know you've had all kinds of different people on your show to talk about all of the, the nuances and the, the different levels of awakening and really the, the building a closer relationship with God through, through all of this is amazing. Yeah, I find that it's it's amazing how no matter where these people are from, they're from all over the world, they have different practices, different beliefs, but yet they're all saying the same thing. Like, you know, if there was no language, <laughs> but they're all saying the same thing, that this is found within, that we are one, that it's all about connecting with your inner self, your soul, having that sense of soul so that you can connect to others. So yeah. it's, it's just amazing when we think of self-love, it's really, you may start with the self, but really ultimately it's just leading you to connect on a collective level. Yeah. It's really about unconditional love for in, in my shine business at the airport, we, our tagline is executive shine. It's all about the love. And for years, you know, people are like, what do you mean that love thing, you know? And, but yet we're busy all the time. People are attracted to it. And when you can create safe space for people to really connect, I'm, I'm writing a book called soul to soul about the power of human connection and how we connect with each other at a very soul level and we reflect things to each other and that's how we learn and grow and we teach each other. And that's how we, it's like we, we reflect a piece of God like in each other and we can see things that we, we wouldn't be able to see if we were all by ourselves. So it's amazing. And now I think the, the thing after COVID is, you know, I've heard, over and over again from people 
you know, during COVID, I really reevaluated my life and I want to do something with purpose now. I want to make a difference in the world. I want to connect. I want to make impact. I want to go soul to soul with people. So now through, through the COVID, we were shut down a little bit with COVID and, and it was really difficult for me. And one of the things I had really, really identified myself with my, that was my identity was, was my business. And so the, the thing that's happened for me is to identify, it's not about that, you know, it's about that and my connection and how I can make an impact really connect with myself and my and and my incorporate my my god self all together and really mm. serve from a place of wholeness and not identifying with the other things that are external so it's i love what you so talk more about like how you got the idea to do this and incorporate you guys have done a women have done a beautiful job you know what we wish we had an explanation for you but we don't and the reason i say that is because we went out on a whim we didn't know what the heck we were doing uh we just knew that when i spoke to my therapist i said you know I share a lot on Facebook about my raw story around um, my relationship with God and my recovery because I'm an, I'm um, recovered from alcoholism 10 plus years. So I'm very raw, very genuine, very authentic with sharing my story. And that's because um, I went through the work and I was able to surrender and I was able to let go of that shame. Um, but I went to her and I said, you know, Facebook, it's just so negative because it was during, you know, the, the, the presidential, you know, race. And I was just like, ah, like I can't handle it. And she said, well, you and Shannon are super powerful together. Why don't you guys come up with another, you know, platform, come up with some other way so that you can stay away from that negativity. And Shanna had already been kind of pondering on, on some ideas. And we just, we just went for it. We had no idea what, Shanna was always listening to podcasts. I was not. And so we, we just went for it. And I will tell you, and I will tell the listeners that when you're aligned with your purpose, the universe supports you like no other. Hence me and Shanna being on your podcast right now, because if I wasn't aligned with my purpose, I would not have been nosy at that lunch. And I would not have met you. We were perfectly you know, aligned and we crossed paths that day as just another synchronicity to show me that I'm living out my purpose. And I'm not even kidding you. Like a month into podcasting, Shannon and I saw some numbers coming up. We were getting excited, but it was really more about the fact that if we just helped one person not feel alone, we were excited, but it was becoming like thousands. And we were like, Oh my God, this is amazing from all over the world. And then every time we opened our email, we were getting an amazing guest asking to come onto our podcast. And we're like, where are they coming from? Where are all of these emails coming from? We didn't have to reach out to them. They were just dropping into our email. And before we knew it, we had on like, you know, the most amazing guest ever. And we, we that's when we, we just knew 
that we were exactly where we were supposed to be. And it has just been a beautiful journey ever since. And then we got this crazy idea to open up a metaphysical boutique. And another reason we knew we were aligned was because uh, one morning I was laying in bed and I just popped on my phone and this beautiful truck that Shanna and I had imagined and manifest was sitting right there 20 miles from my house. And so most of the time when you're looking for these kind of mobile boutiques, they're like across the country and you have to go pick them up. Nope. This one was just sitting at Vandermeer Speedway right here in Colorado. And we go to look at it and it had this beautiful wrap. And the woman who sold it to us from Vandermeer was the most beautiful soul. And it had amazing energy. And we were like, oh my God, we are being so supported right now by the universe. And from there, Shanna and I went into craft mode. We picked out all kinds of cool little merchandise that meant something to us, that helped us through our healing process, that helped us through our awakening. And before we knew it, uh, Shanna had built this beautiful website and it all just came together. And you know what? There was no resistance. It was just one thing after another. It was being placed right in front of us. And that's another way you know that you're aligned with it. I mean, the universe just spoke and spoke and spoke to us. I mean, there was a day where I was like, Shanna, what are we going to name our podcast? And I, I set an intention that morning. And so did she who said, well, should we name it Sense of Soul? Or should we name it like we came up, Shanna, what other ones did we come up with? Like the lighthouse or I don't remember. And I asked the universe, I'm driving down the street. I see a huge truck that says SOS on it. A song comes on the radio by Lauren Diego called SOS. Um, I went and got my hair done. My hairdresser told me to go get this new shampoo called SOS. And I'm like, okay, thank you, universe. I love you. <laughs> yeah, and not and to mention so- that the place, Bandemere Speedway, which is a Colorado um, uh, racetrack, yeah, we're, yeah. we're, you know, Mandy and I, we're two girls, you know, we're buying a vehicle. You know, that's, this is like not done. Not, both of our husbands would have been like, mm, you don't do that. But when we asked her maybe if she could hold it so we could arrange the guys to come over. We're like, what's your name? And she says, Mrs. Bandemere. We're like, okay, then we're good. I don't think we, yeah, actually the owner, the original Bandemere, he, that's his great, that was his granddaughter's truck that he helped build with her. So we were like, okay, then I guess we're good. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's super cool. Wow, that is fabulous. That's my favorite thing about life. You know, we just had a a situation happen like that. Um, I was frustrated with social media and I'm like, okay, God, that's my big high tech way of doing things. I'm like, okay, God, you know, help me out here. Where do you want me to go next? And then this client calls out of the blue. He's like, hey, I heard you're writing a book called Soul to Soul. I wonder, would you come and do a like shine experience for my staff? And and I was like, well, sure. I've never done that before, but sure. So that's that's what happens when mm-hmm. when God works in your life. It just shows up and you just follow the energy just follow what is unfolding right in front of you I love those stories yeah and one one thing about our podcast that we've noticed is that the synchronicities never stop or the signs from our thank you sugar daddy never ever quits 
when Samantha and I are going through something coincidentally, oh, guess what today's topic is, you know, just right there, just feeding us. And we're just students. And I, it's, it's just amazing. It never, ever fails. It's always like that. Yeah, it's so funny, Jill. We had on this beautiful soul. I mean, I'm, when I say someone who radiates love, this one of our guests, um, Christine Michelle, she is my the sweetest human that we've ever had on. And she calls God her sugar daddy. And so that's what Shanna is talking about. And, and he is. When you, when you ask, believe you will receive. And that's what she taught us. And it's so true, but I will say it's very important. And Shanna is so good about talking about this is if you don't have the awareness and you're not present, you're going to miss all those signs. Like I, we have people that come to us that are like, we don't, I don't get synchronicities. I don't get messages. Well, you gotta, you gotta get present. Because this is the only moment we're promised is this one right now. And if there's anyone that knows that it's me, I mean, it was four o'clock in the morning and I'm sleeping. And the next thing I know a month later, I'm waking up from a coma. Okay. People it's, this is the only moment we're promised. So Shanna has really dove into energy work and, and gifted me with teaching me about um, just being present and mindfulness and meditation and the chakra system. And, you know, if you don't have that awareness you're not going to be open to receive all of that. So it's so important. And Shanna and I believe that it starts with self-love and awareness. Yeah. Because you got to yeah. be open, you know, you got to be ready because. Well, and not only that, but it's, we're busy, right? We're all busy. So it's, a, it's about slowing down and just being right in the moment. And when you, when you slow down and you're present, that's where the miracles are sitting. That's where they're waiting for you. Absolutely. And, and staying, staying open and, and being, being ready for that, you know, being present, expecting it, having that kind of belief, you know, you just mentioned what the people said to you. I never have synchronicities. Well, what did you just claim? You know, it's really powerful language. And one of the things I was really impressed with also that you told me we were talking about that and minding our language. And you told me real awesome words. And I was like, oh my God, I love that. So talk about that. Language is powerful. Yeah. You know, I've always just had this vision of raw in my mind, like, cause I'm just so raw and I just, I've always been that way. And it's interesting because we'll give you an example. We'll give you a right here, right now, an example of vocabulary. Shanna, tell the listeners what vulnerability, the definition of vulnerability meant to you. Yeah, I think part of my purpose was discovering that vulnerability was actually a way to connect. But growing up, I thought it was, you know, it was something that would be shaming. You know, don't let people know your weaknesses. You don't tell people your business. You know, I, I, you know, I, I saw it as a weakness. And I used to think, oh my God, me, just telling so much is going too far. <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't say that about yourself. But, um, 
yeah, it's just, I, I was brought up that way, big time, mm-hmm. big time. In fact, I'm sure if any of my family is listening, they're shaking their head going, oh, that poor girl telling her business to everybody <laughs> like that. Oh my Lord, shaming her family. And so, and I don't know if that's a Southern thing, you know, I am from New Orleans, but for sure, you know, we just, there's nothing wrong with you. You don't need to tell nobody if there is. Yeah. So Shannon and I had this beautiful moment out on my back porch at my old house and it backed up to this beautiful, like green belt in this golf course. And we were talking about how I'm, I'm just being raw and vulnerability. And in this moment, she shared with me what vulnerability had meant to her in her life. And it meant also opening herself up to possibly be taken advantage of. And to me, I was brought up with a mother who told anyone and everyone that walked across her path, her whole life story. And that's how it was, whether you were in a grocery store or in an elevator, she was talking to everyone. And I saw that it created this connection for her. And it was an opportunity for her to open her soul up to people. And they loved that about my mom. So here, Shannon and I were both brought up completely different. And we, I mean, it was just this beautiful moment where I realized, wow. So we give so much power to words. And, and that simple definition, we both had completely different definitions of that word. So I have gone on this journey with raw and raw is something that I chose real awesome words. I also call it real authentic words because I'm so super passionate about just sharing the rawness of what you've been through because number one, it helps you heal. Number two, it gives you this freedom from the shame and the guilt. Number three, it helps you connect with people on just a soulful level and it helps people know they're not alone and your story can help someone get through whatever it is they're getting through. And, and God, God put us on earth to be there for one another. And if one of us is hurting, we're all hurting. And that's why I write very raw stories on my Facebook page, on our sense of soul, Facebook page, on our sense of soul tribe page. Shanna has put together a beautiful blog where she shares very rawly about things she's been through and things she's passionate about. And just like you, Jill, soul to soul, that's what being raw does it, you know, I'm sure you've experienced yourself. You're sitting there shining that shoe and you open yourself up. And the next thing, you know, it's like, you've met another human that could be part of your soul family. And you have deepened your compassion and your empathy for people when they share, because you, you start to understand them. Right. Well, and something you touched on too, it's, it's also when you do that, when you open your heart, the heart has a magic ability to envelope everyone in the area with a safe space to be. So it, it's like the heart gives, when it opens up, it's like it, it paves the way for everyone in its touch to be able to be gives you permission to be real. And in my experience, I've, I've been in business 34 years. So I've seen a lot of different levels. I worked in Washington. It was very important in Washington, DC to present an image. And one of the really 
fun things for me is that I have always had this crazy curiosity to see behind the mask. So something about my just just open heart, authentic presence, sharing vulnerable stories that created that space for people to be able to sit down and put the mask that they wear 24-7 just next to them in the chair and then just share heart to heart and soul to soul. I mean, it, it is amazing to me how easy it is to touch someone because they are so ready for it. And I think that what you said a minute ago about slowing down, I think that's what's happened in COVID is thank you, God. We finally started just running around, stopped, you know, running around, going crazy and and like, let's pay attention to what's really going on in us. What kind of environment are we creating for our life? What do we want for our life? What kind of impact? And is this, I, I used to see people walk past and they were like empty because they sold out. They traveled, you know, I work in an airport for 34 years. They, they're traveling all the time. They're away from the people they love and it's just empty. And so when, when you could touch that, it touched that in there and, and like light a candle and, and fire up that the soul of the person, they, they don't forget that, you know, ever when they're seen. And that's, that's exactly what you guys are doing too. And, and providing that kind of a environment where people, you're the people that you're touching. It's because you see them and they see themselves in you. And that's, that's the most beautiful gift I think you can give in life. Yeah, I agree. You know, that makes me think of, you know, the, one of the reasons why I was vulnerable, you know, saw vulnerability that way was because of my ancestry. You know, um, I come from French Creoles and, you know, they were the first mixed race here. And, I found out that my great grandma had passed as white in 1947. And when I discovered that, you know, that she had to actually deny her, her family, she changed her name. And, and I'm just the one discovering this 85 years later, it made so much sense, but you're right. I mean, these people were living, you know, as, as hiding who they really were. So, I mean, not even just living authentically, you know, I mean, they, they were completely not only denying, you know, their race, but their ancestors. And I just felt once I was connecting with that, that I had found my voice and I found their voice. And so it became then a whole nother journey to then, you know, tell, you know, to tell their story. And so it was like beyond my story. And so I think that's, what's so amazing about this journey is that when you're able to create that space, then all of these things within you that need to be healed, whether it's in this life or your child, you know, as a child or all the way through your ancestry has the opportunity to then, you know, come up for you. Like God's 
playing this um, this whole map. He's planned this map of how you will discover this. And but you can't do it if you're busy. You can't. And so in this space is where you're able to do that really deep healing. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Shanna's an ancestral journey and we're very passionate about ancestral um, work as well, because we, we feel like in, um, in this country, we don't spend enough time honoring our ancestors and, you know, there's a lot of other beautiful cultures that do. And when, when you look into your ancestry, you're able to not only thank and honor what they went through for us, but you're able to also stop like generational patterns and epigenetics is something that Shanna and I love. And Shanna, when you were sharing that, I was thinking about Jill, these masks you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So Shanna was able to take those masks off for not only herself, but for her ancestors. And then she was able to say no more. It stops with me and my children will not wear those masks. And then it took me to uh, a place of, I had this vision, you know, COVID masks have put on a whole nother layer of masks. So when you were talking about it, masks at first at the airport, I didn't know if you're talking about COVID masks or just the masks we wear, like the people pleaser or the um, humor. Humor was a big mask that I used to wear. You know, there's all these different masks we wear. Um, and so part of awakening for Shannon and I was learning to, to take those off for ourselves and, and, and for our children and for our ancestors. And it takes work and it takes healing, but wow, is it a powerful, beautiful process. And I just thought of these two young girls that work at the restaurant. I met you and Jill, they, they have the opportunity to take off their masks because, you know, the mask mandate has been lifted in the state of uh, certain areas of Colorado and they are vaccinated. And I asked the girls, why are you still wearing your masks? And you know what these two 16 year old girls said to me, they said, because it makes me feel more secure if people can't see my whole face. And I thought that that was so sad. I thought that that was so sad that they feel comfortable covering up half their face, speaking to customers rather than taking it off. It had nothing to do with their health had to do with their insecurities and we as people are always wearing these masks and so you know part of the process is recognizing it bringing awareness to it and then peeling them off absolutely absolutely and it's it it's freedom you know and it's it's when you can take that mask off and you can speak your truth and you can feel those things that have gone on, that's when it heals. You know, they say you have to feel it to heal it. So that's what happens. And it it's it's miraculous. And when you can create a safe space for people and in the even in the the energy of your voice and sharing authentic stories that that they feel like wow just like those girls wow i feel safe enough to to be who i really am and i think that's one of the i hope the awarenesses and the blessings that's coming in covid so that we can create that space and 
one of our things in business is, you know, we honor, you know, what does honor look like here? We honor, we start to honor each other and really make it operate in that energy of unconditional love. So we may have different perspectives. We've lived different lives, but that's what makes us unique. I, I call it like flavors of ice cream. You know, we're, we're all just different flavors of ice cream. And, and the reason I use ice cream is nobody, nobody has any resistance to ice cream. So (laughs) if I say that we're all just coming together in, you know, one big banana split and it's all, (laughs) it's all, I know that's funny, but it's true. It's, it's not, I love banana splits, girl. I love them. (laughs) So it's so good. You know, to be able to, to, because just think about it. If, I mean, ice cream is such a great analogy. If, if all we had was like plain vanilla, I happen to like vanilla, but you don't want to eat vanilla all the time. You, you know, so you want to have the different flavors and you want to honor the different pieces and, you know, incorporate all those things. And, you know, a lot of flavors are really good when they're mixed with vanilla. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shanna, Shanna, uh, Shanna yeah. taught me about, um, this, the fruit salad. Tell her about the fruit mm-hmm. salad, Shanna. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's Thich Nhat Hanh, um, the Buddhist priest. God bless his heart. He's, you know, old and lives and living his last years, but he spoke about in the book, um, living Buddha, living Christ. He talked about how there was this huge religious conference and they, it was, it was everyone from all different religions. And, and he loved these men, you know, he got along with many of them. They were leaders. He'd known them for years and someone had gotten up and had said, you know, we're all from different um, religions, but we're not here to make, you know, fruit salad. And then when Thich Nhat Hanh got up, he said, I like fruit salad. <laughs> God bless him. I, I'm like, yes. But, um, and that's a great book if you haven't read it. Oh, it's so good. I just, I, yeah, we, I just, I hate anything that separates us, you know? And there's so many things that separate us politics, race, religion, sex. I mean, my God. I mean, like, seriously, I hate all of the different, even when you, you have to fill out forms, you know, what are you? And it just goes on forever. Like, what do you need to know my race for? Because let me tell you, after my DNA, I mean, I can tell you I'm about 50 different things probably. You so I mean, you don't have a box too? for that. Because that is so good. A lot of people don't know that story. And, and I've heard that story. And I think that is absolutely fascinating. Can you share a little bit about that? I love that. People about, don't know that. About, about the, the whole New Orleans and the the Creole okay. and the hiding of your race and how you were all of those things. Would yeah, that- I'll give you the quick, I'll give you the quick version on it, but you know, okay. So in the, you know, my family has been in Louisiana since the 1690s, you know, Louisiana was not a small purchase. It's huge. It would, it actually touched up to 16 States. I don't know if people know this and it was there since the 1600s. And it wasn't until the 1800s that Louisiana was purchased for millions of dollars. 
But prior to that purchase, there was, there was the three cast system, but there was actually four races on the census. So you could be white, black, you could be a free man or free woman of color, or you were mulatto. And that was a mixed race. That was an actual race. It was a culture. And that happened because of slavery and the, the owners. Okay. So that is how I have a grandmother. Her name was Slave of Therese. Therese was her owner. So that is how that happened. So that happened in many you know, generations. So what they would do, because they had a mixed race child, right? It was illegal for that child to marry. Okay. Because, well, she had a white father. He wasn't going to let her marry someone who wasn't white. So she wasn't married because she couldn't marry out of a race. They would have what was called, a, you know, like debutante balls, a real thing. And they would call them quadroon balls, octoroon balls, depending on how much or how much black you had in you. So then the white man would come and him and your father would, you know, kind of make a deal for you. They would, you know, the man would buy you a little Creole cottage um, and he would have children with you. And so you'd be whitewashing. Absolutely. That's what the, the idea was. And you couldn't marry him. And so he had to marry a white woman too. So he could have an heir. So this is how the French Creole women were for generations for over a hundred years. You know, they didn't have that loving husband at home for sure. And so, you know, when people say, you know, if they, if they question, you know, what, you know, is there white privilege? I mean, I am an absolute product of white privilege. I mean, it wasn't until the 1950s that actually in Louisiana, you were able to legally marry outside of your color. I just think that is so well, and it, it blew my mind that they literally held a paper bag up to your skin. And if you were lighter than the paper bag, then you could pass. And if you weren't back to the parish, you'd go. And I mean, that blew my mind. And, you know, and then you have, a, you have the fact they come in and say, you can no longer put mulatto on the right. birth They took that off. Yeah. So, or so her now grandmother you're had to make a very hard choice. No, she didn't even have a choice. Let me tell you, I saw my great grandma's census, all of her census records. She was black. Then she was mulatto. No, I'm sorry. She was mulatto. Then she was black. And then she was white. Wow. When she changed her, her name. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a piece of history that I love how Shanna is so passionate about it. And you know, as her best friend, it was hard, but beautiful to watch her go through this journey. Because when we talk about going on these um, ancestral journeys and these workshops that she's put together, she was literally like being spoken to and led by them while she was doing the research, Mm -hmm. like a certain name would pop out to her and she would just trust that, you know, God was guiding her and her ancestors were guiding her. So she would know, okay, this name keeps coming up. This name is like jumping off the page at me. And so she would follow that name and then she'd keep following all the signs and the synchronicities. And before she knew it, she discovered this 85 year old secret within her family and just being able to release it and also honor those women and then be able and being able to educate people on it has been such a beautiful thing. And she inspired me to do it. And I'll give you an example. I had some serious resentment towards my grandfather. He, to me was a deadbeat dad period. That's it. And then drunk, 
that was all he was to me. When I went back and did my ancestry and actually saw through ancestry and through the censuses and through the documents of him being in war and the articles that were in there, I learned that he lived a very hard childhood. And when I learned his real story, I was so sad that he'd passed away and I never was able to have that compassion for him like I should have. And it was because I didn't know his story. So it inspired me even more to take the opportunity and the time and to inspire people to share their story. Because when you share the story, you have understanding and empathy and compassion. And I could have had a different relationship with my grandfather. Wow. It's very true. And, you know, you learn a lot about history that's been untold altogether. You know, I mean, every single one of my ancestors that came way to New Orleans or to the port of New Orleans. I mean, one of the laws was you had to be Catholic. I mean, it wasn't an option. So I even when you think about like the Cajun people who were relocated, these indigenous cultures. I mean, I have an ancestor who was known as the, a tent shaker. He was a shaman. And from, you know, his culture, they, they did all of these natural holistic healings and stuff. And that was all they knew. But when the Jesuits came and they said, listen, this is, you don't have an option. You're going to be Christian now. He's known as the apostate, um, the man who, you know, converted to Christianity and, you know, and, and his people became the Cajun people you know, and, and boy, thank God for their food. Because I mean, I absolutely, <laughs> that's one oh, thing they did really yeah. good for. But, you know, I mean, I, honest to God, I mourn for the loss of their, that the culture that they had to leave their beliefs and their ancestors that they've all had to deny. It's just, and even of course the slaves, I mean, even more. Um, and in, one of my ancestors is Marie Laveau. When I grew up, I thought she was the devil. And doing research about her, she was just a healer. And so it's just amazing. Or like Mandy, ha- tell her about your ancestors. It's the same. Oh, gosh. I mean, I had two of the Salem witch trial um, women, you know, in my in my lineage. And they, too, were just healers. One was just like a nurse taking care of her her drunk husband and his wife that were alcoholics and she was hung because she was going against the norm and just using herbs and, and her love and she her made energy soap. to take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they actually said that in her case that she made soap. They found soap, but it's like, are you kidding me? Wow. Yeah. But you know what, Jill, it goes back to the ice cream and the fruit salad. And that's what mm-hmm. we love about sense of soul is we are that banana split. We are that fruit salad. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we have so many guests from all over. I mean, we've oh, had on um, a, a gentleman who cured himself by dropping his wheelchair into the middle of Australia and living with Aborigines for a week and then walked back home onto a plane to come home. And his wife has made this book about him and how he's healed himself through their Aborigines, um, so you know, nice. sacred healing. We've had, we've had on ministers, we've had on rabbis, we've had on, um, shamans we've had on uh you name it we've had them on because you know what in my fruit salad i just don't want cantaloupe i want some watermelon (laughs) i want some grapes 
Yeah. <laughs> I want some strawberries. Like yes. Like the, like the <laughs> banana split. And, but you have to be open, right? We have learned so much and it has deepened our relationship with God, not the opposite. You know, it has deepened my relationship with my soul. You know, that's one thing I can tell you for sure. And we are, we're soul seekers. We are seeking, you know, um, the, a connection and, and something greater. And with that comes sharing our stories and connecting with people like you and, and your listeners. That's amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. What would you, we, we just have like a minute and a half left. Um, what would be your, your greatest advice to, to our listeners? Just a couple. I would say, see everything, be so aware of everything around you and allow it to experience it. Seriously experience, even, even the bumps in the roads, experience them where, you know, you're only going to grow from this. Allow yourself to grow with everything that's happening right there with you in the present moment just be, just be. Mm. I would say for me, I'm going to piggyback off of that. You know, Shanna and I both, uh, at the beginning of our journey, um, she, she was presented with a question that was how much of what you believe were you told to believe and how much of it have you experienced? We're so conditioned not to trust our own experiences. So my, I wouldn't say advice, but my hope for you and my, my, my wish for you and my love for you is that you trust yourself and you trust your experiences and you take time to get to know yourself. Mm. Ooh, I love that. You know, Mm -hmm. I love that. And for me, I think it's look for the love in everything. Mm -hmm. You know, look for there's, there's so much learning so much love, so much in, in beauty in everything. Yeah. Because even through the tough things, that's how mm. we learn. You know, yeah. that's how we grow. So I yeah. love you girls. You yeah. are my new soul sisters. And Yay. thank you for coming on with us. And they are just going to kick us off the air. So we've got to <laughs> go. Thank you but- for having us on. Check us out. Yeah, our web our website is www. You can find us on Apple. All of those. Um, We love people. We'd love to know you. We Shanna has amazing workshops, and Jill, I am just so incredibly grateful for you having us on, and I can't wait to see where this friendship leads us. Yes. Oh, what a blessing. Yes, mysenseofsoul.com. All of their stuff is in the show notes. You can look on their their Facebook page, their Instagram, all of that. So just go to the show notes and connect with them and listen to their amazing podcast too. And we will see you all next week. Same time, same bat channel. Love you, Jill. Thank you. Thank you.